Welcome to the Pros on Fire podcast, a show for event pros hosted by two renowned DJs. Listen as industry leaders share their stories, wins, and losses to help fuel your fire. Here are your hosts, Troy Adams and Rasis Batsuli. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pros on Fire podcast. We are with you again, and I'm here with the beautiful, the talented, it's probably strange to call another man beautiful. But I was I'm okay just going it. to say that. But, I mean, I mean, but you know, was, hey, you know, the, the, I don't even need to say it because he just he's there. But ladies and gentlemen, Rossis Batsuli. Appreciate you, Troy. I appreciate it. See, and ladies and gentlemen, did you hear the pronunciation of how detailed that was? Got it right. <laughs> there Got it, it right. is. Man, another wonderful episode of the Pros on Fire podcast with my man, Troy. Troy, how you feeling today, man? How, how's I'm, everything flowing? I'm feeling good. I am a little bit, you know, awkward right now. Feeling like I, I, I'm sitting here second guessing myself. Like, should I have called you beautiful? Should I not called you that, beautiful? That, that, yeah, yo, we're, we're having fun. It's, it's all good. I would have preferred handsome, but it's cool, though. It's, it's all good. We're just going to keep it flowing. It's all, it's let all good. A, let me add a word to that. How about oh, this? Beautiful, beautiful soul beautiful soul. see now i like the flip I, I like that beautiful soul and and we have another beautiful soul right here on the show ladies and gentlemen introducing to you who is going to be speaking on creating demand for your product let's welcome summer schultz ladies and gentlemen Woo! you can hear the clap yes. thank you for having me <laughs> yes summer here with both of you at the same time i'm like the luckiest girl right now so oh my you. gosh don't make me and troy blush uh, on this podcast <laughs> um if you don't know about summer she is the owner of the venue providence cotton mill me and troy are very familiar with the venue and have worked there a beautiful venue and she is also the owner of elegant and classy events uh which i believe is a wedding planning company is that correct summer I've worked with you, yeah, but I uh, rentals and flowers and rentals, as well. Yeah. So we kind of do, do it all. Yeah. Which I know Troy can attest to that. He always sees us, I think, everywhere. So There it is. There it is. So while, while you're already in that vein, tell the people uh, who you are as far as how you got started with your company and the venue and all that great stuff. So they, they understand. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, Elegant Classy Events was started actually as a rental company with kind of like your smaller items, decor, like little bits of this and that, kind of like a little side gig um, in 2014 and then went completely live in 2015 as a full-blown um, event rental company. Um, and then from there in about 2016, started offering planning and flowers once we realized that, you know, bundling services and making it easier for brides with being like a one-stop shop kind of thing um, was super attractive. So started offering that. And one of our um, accounts was actually the Providence Cotton Mill. It was a newer venue. It had only been open for about six months. Um, and the original owner was like, I cannot do this. This is every weekend. People drink at weddings now. Like I thought they would just have like cake and punch. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not wow. how this yeah, is going to go. Yeah. So uh, if that's your expectation, you need to, you need to get on out of here. So um, <laughs> anyways, he asked me to purchase it and uh, yeah, we closed uh, February of 2017 and I've had it ever since. Um, we'll actually, we have skyrocketed in the and number of events um just with weddings um holiday parties things like that we'll round out the year with 
I'm thinking probably over 140, but definitely have 120, about 100 mid twenties or so booked for this year already. Um, so we do a ton of events and then throughout the week, of course, like today we have, um, temple furniture. So they're doing a three day corporate shoot Cato's clothing just did a five day corporate shoot. So, um, a lot of stuff throughout the week as well. So it's just blown up. Um, and I'm so, so thankful for that. But yeah, so we purchased the venue. Um, and then about 2020, actually, um, <laughs> at the start of COVID, <laughs> we branched out the rentals with Elegant and Classy Events and started Charlotte Event Rental Company. Um, wow. Just because the rentals were so large. Um, so yeah, so that's us, us as well. So we now have Charlotte Event Rental Company, Elegant Classy Events, and the Providence Cotton Mill. Um, as well as breaking ground on another one, but that's kind of like hush hush for right now. So. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, major. And, yeah. and if you're not familiar with with the Providence Cotton Mill, I mean the photos that come out of that venue, um, regardless of the wedding, are yeah are incredible. I mean the brick and the I don't even want to use the wrong word, but the the stone just gives a, a beautiful backdrop. And then on the other side of the venue, nice grassy fields. If you're taking pictures facing the venue and very uh, creative because it doesn't have any windows, but it's still covered. I mean, it's fantastic yeah, the, venue. Yeah, the, uh, the high ceilings, the open the open oh, yeah. archway windows, oh, yeah. everything there is just incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, let's, thank let's, you guys. We, uh, we are very, very thankful. We have people from all across the world that come here just to shoot. Um, we have wow. a gentleman from Australia that has, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. He's got the little check mark next to his name on Instagram. Like, he's a pretty big deal from what I've learned oh, wow. uh, in turn. <laughs> but uh, he'll be here at the end of um, August. And then we also have style shoots across America in September. We were actually the venue pick for North Carolina for this year. So a nice. um, lot of good things with people all across the world coming out here this fall. So we're super stoked. Wow. So you know what this that, that's a perfect segue into our first question so I, I we felt like you were a great person to talk about demand and commit creating demand for your your product or your service because you have all this demand for for your venue for your rental business for your planning business so how would you say it, let's just take the let's take it in the in the lens of a venue owner for now how do you, as a venue, stand out and create that demand for your space? Because there's so many venues to choose from. So how do you, when you guys approach that, create that demand for the Providence Cotton Mill? Right. Um, and as Rossi said, I think that a lot of it for us has to deal with the character and uniqueness of the venue. Um, uh -huh. So that's definitely on our side because... You know, whenever I first started looking at the venue side of everything, it was just like, well, build it and book it. And that used to be the slogan of everyone. And it's like, no, you know, we can't just don't just put a barn up in your backyard. And then, we'll yep. think, you know, there's a lot of work to see yep. how you can sell yep. stuff. Because like you said, there's a ton of venues. Um, so I think, of course, the character and uniqueness helps with the, the demand um, as well as like our staff um, has spent numerous hours and days um and just a lot of time ensuring that we know what couples are looking for in a venue and provide um and you know just basically makes it easier on them so they aren't having to look for this oh like we have he this here but a little bit here that we kind of want to put together and also our goal has been to basically combine all aspects that people are looking for and make sure that we have those features and we're able to offer them um, two couples and that's just, you know, super sellable and creates a demand, um, whenever you're giving tours and even on Instagram, whenever people can see stuff that, you know, they're imagining for their special day. So I think just really knowing what a client wants and making sure you can offer that and wholeheartedly, um, and successfully offer it, not halfway or anything like yeah. that, but going all in and making sure that you can, you can provide that. 
Awesome. Now, do you believe that 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 carries over into your wedding planning and rental business as well? Or is the approach a little different because of the, the, I guess your product or is it the same approach? Um, I think there is a similar approach, um, with that again, you know, cause you want to make sure that you have what people are looking for initially to even bring them into your facility to, or into your office, you know, to sell them or to not just sell them, but almost like create like a, a relationship to where they feel, you know, like you're, you have their best intentions at heart. Um, uh-huh. but I would say, honestly, the way that I do that with wedding planning and the rental company is having a great staff and creating the demand and to stand out, because I think that's how one that we're able to handle the volume that we have. Cause whenever okay. it comes to rental, that's so different, you know, um, not just from a revenue perspective, but you know, just the number of events that you really need to have in order yeah. to be successful in the industry. Right. Um, so I think that all goes down to staff and, um, you know, having consistent staff and staff that people know and the people that your clients know, um, and also like not micromanaging them. That was a really mm. hard concept for me until about 2017 when I realized I didn't have another option. If I was going to get bigger, <laughs> I had to trust people yeah. and know what they were good at and let it go. And, um, okay. From there, it's just I think we've we've done awesome. So, gosh, now why why was that? I, I hate to backtrack and get off, but I, I'm curious why was that so hard for you with the micromanaging and how does that directly connect to your growth and the demand you've already created? So, because I think I am just a control freak. Like okay. if there is okay. a nap. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a napkin in a guinea that's even blown up, I promise you, I will see it from a mile away. If a salad gotcha. fork and a dinner fork are mixed up, I will see it. <laughs> For me, I'm like, gotcha. how does this happen? Gotcha. You're literally the only person that notices stuff like that. So for me, it's just, um, you know, basically trusting other people. I don't know. Maybe that goes down to childhood being an oldest child. I don't really know. <laughs> but uh, just gotcha. my character in general was always like, okay, I know you're great. Do it, but then I'm gonna do like a little secret, secret <laughs> service check on you, you know. But now, it's like, I know who I can trust, and we can rock yeah. and roll and do do very good things. So, wow, wow, you, wow. You, uh, I, I can echo that. I feel like you hit the nail on the head when you said, um, you know, the only way you're gonna grow is being able to to let go. Because I'm the same way. I, I'm a I'm a bit of a control freak, and I want to do it this way and a certain way, and and very adamant about things I believe. And same with my team, I realized, man, I got to let them go and let them flourish and let them take ownership and find their own strengths. If we're going to grow at all, I've got to let go. So I can completely relate with that. It's Yeah, it's so true. I mean, because I know there's times where I'm like, oh, I called Quinn and it's like used to that was always Troy, you know, and then even with me now, we'll come, you know notice somewhere and people are like oh where's abby i'm like oh you don't want to talk to me it's like oh okay well, let me find out we go you know but that's such a great feeling to know that people feel you know trust with someone else that's on your staff and you don't have to you know be the be everywhere that's just i don't know it's a great yeah. feeling to finally get to that point um, yeah. in your career and within your business yeah I know, I know Rossis and I, we, yeah, we've talked about this a little bit about, yeah, that it's hard to let go. Cause you like it when people are calling for you and want you. And, but then, but then the flip side, it's like, man, you, you've got to get them asking for other people. Yeah. If, if you're going to, if you're going to grow and then that's yeah. a new, great, new, great feeling when then, when that day comes. Yeah. It's, this is crazy. Cause of course it relates to weddings, but it's like, it's cause it's your child. And then it's like, you're giving it away on like it's wedding day and it grows. and it's just- Exactly. Yeah. It goes on to its own little thing. So yeah. Yeah. 
that's part so, of it. So let me let me take it back for a second, Summer, to something you said. So you, you talked about as a as a venue owner and and with your planning business and with your rental business, you know, meeting that demand by giving people and showing people what they need. So what are the, some of the same, what are some of the reasons and what are some of the needs, I guess, that you specific needs that you hear from, let's take one at a time. Let's, let's start with the venue. What are the needs that you hear from people as far as what they need in their venue? Cause I feel like there's both a tangible need and then there's of course an emotional need. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And a lot of people don't realize that um, with the venue, but I will say probably 85% of tours where parents attend the tours, you were always asked, is there a staff on site, you know, or do you just open the gate and then have fun? You know, do we set out tables and chairs? How does this work? You know, and you've got to, um, you know, and there's things whenever you're a hard worker and you do so much for your clients, just because that's the service you would expect. There's sometimes that I forget to say, yeah, we'll set up your tables and chairs. Cause to me, it's a no brainer. I would never have a mother of a bride setting out tables and chairs and, you know, just things like that. So really it's just about being super transparent, um, with them whenever they ask that, because that's something we always hear is what does your staff do? Is there a staff and all of that? That's something that people are always looking for in a venue. Um, and then also, you know, of course, I always recommend hiring a planner. Why would I not recommend that? They're fantastic. <laughs> um, but we'll always have people ask, now, if I have questions, can I call you? And, you know, of course, I mean, the very first thing you say, one, because you're just a good person. And two, you understand is just absolutely you can call us like, well, you don't even have to ask. You call us about yeah. anything. Shoot us an email, you know, but people really whenever we do this for a living, we take for granted how much knowledge we have about yes. this industry. And it's some That's people, correct. this may be their first child or their first marriage and they don't do this every day. So they are like, uh, do we just book this? And then we don't see you until rehearsal. How's this work? You know? Um, and so it's really just letting people know, no, you know, you're getting a service and that's been our goal. And everyone views that differently from a venue perspective and that's okay. But for us, we want to actually be a part of that day on the venue side and, um, you know, kind of grow with their family. I mean, cause we have a several clients that come back, they take maternity photos and then they take their child's first birthday cake session here. You know, I mean, you really get to know your clients and, um, that's our goal is to be involved in this process and not just a business transaction. So, and I, I think that's what people are looking for. They really feel comfortable with that because you never know what could happen on a wedding day. Yeah, that's right. And, and I, and I like what you're saying as far as the connection and the, even what you're saying, I can see the continual um, revenue from just establishing that relationship with the client to where they want to continue to come back and they come back for their maternity shoot. So my, my question for you is, how do you even establish the type of client that you want? How do you, what do you do to attract summer's client? Well, I won't say summer's client because you delegating co the company's client. I, I'm sure you have an ideal person or you know, you have someone that you're saying that, okay, that's not our ideal client. What do you strategically do in your marketing to attract that person that would want to come to the Providence Cotton Mill and, and, and that? Does that make sense what I'm asking? It does. Yeah. Okay. And so this is a hard one because for me on the rental side, I get to experience so many different types of clients because right. you get any and everything because eventually a chair is just a chair, right? <laughs> like right. they eventually right. are kind of like, okay. But from the venue side, it's hard because I don't feel like we necessarily go out trying to attract one type of clientele. But 
we ensure that as a company and as a venue, we provide all the services or features that those couples are looking for, which I know that goes back to, you know, creating the demand, but offering the services or features that we think the majority of couples are looking for in a venue or a planner or a rental company. And, um, you know, of course, mainly targeting wedding clients. I would say if we target anything, just mainly targeting weddings for our events, but also sometimes other events come along with that when you're providing services and features that are both sellable and desirable, really. Um, so I would say for us, not necessarily one specific clientele, because we have people from all across the world, but just offering what people are going for, whether that be trends, whether that be a service, um, but just knowing what people are looking for, what makes them feel safe about their wedding day, because it is an investment. And um, that's worked well for us. And we have the best clients we could ever ask for. It's like our personalities go together. We've got what right. they want, which, you know, and it just makes for a great day and a great team. Wow. Wow. That's so, amazing. Summer, you said, uh, you said a, a key word there. Want to kind of segue on it word trends, trends change over time. The times of the year we have, you know, ebbs and flows with times of the year. Um, what do you do to kind of keep that constant exposure for your businesses or what are some of the, another way to put it, I guess would be, what are, what are some of the, you know, go-to practices for keeping that exposure, creating that demand, you know, no matter what the trend is, no matter what the time of the year is, no matter what the changes are in the industry or the marketplace. I guess the first thing I would say is, of course, our top practices would be to have a great social media presence just because it's uh, such a, a gateway for everyone. And by, by, by social media presence, I don't necessarily mean just posting frequently or anything like that, but also right. commenting and responding to others as much as possible. Um, and I also think it's a great relate, you know, to have a great relationship with vendors. That's important on there as well on social media platforms. Um, cause I mean, that's how, sometimes that's how we first meet some vendors, right. you know, we're like, Oh right. my God, that's a beautiful picture. Like great job. Or that's an awesome video. Like look at that DJ setup, or, you know, things like that. And then it just kind of rolls from there. So I think that of course, social media can't forget it. I mean, it's, Think about how we used to market. It used to be the not wedding wire, all of that solely and Facebook and, you know, 2014, 2015 and on and Instagram. I mean, I just feel like everything's kind of went to social media. Hmm. Um, and then I also think it's important for us as far as maintaining exposure to the businesses is to provide the best events we can. Cause ultimately, you know, at your events, you have people that are around the same age, they're ready to get married, you know, weddings, they may meet someone they end up marrying, who knows, but, yeah. um, we just get so much exposure and referrals from previous clients and or, I mean, even guests that attend events that we're a part of. Um, and I think that helps us, you know, to stay exposed. And, you know, whenever people are happy and they're enjoying an event because you did such a great job, cell phones are out, they're tagging you, they're posting videos. And it's like, oh my God, where are you? Where is this place? Or yep. what an awesome environment, things like that. So for me, I think it ultimately all goes back to a lot of social media, but also just not caring what anyone else is doing or anything like that. As far as like, you know, you doing what you're content with creating the demand for you and your company and then letting it do its thing. And, um, you know, if you're doing what's right and you do have that demand for your company, it's all going to come back around because people are happy and enjoying themselves. Wow. Wow. That, that, that is amazing. And, I, and you definitely, what I really enjoyed about what you said was about social media and just the shift in and marketing period and how important social is um 
And oh man, when you were talking, I was just thinking like vendors are tagging, uh, people, guests are tagging, videos are happening. Um, and from a venue perspective, it's like, wow, like I'm the hub of where all this is happening. Um, I'm gonna kind of flip Absolutely. my next I'm gonna kind of flip my next question here. Um, so what are some things or mistakes that you see? that maybe you have done from a venue perspective or what you have seen done that hurts people's exposure, um, maybe online or do, you mentioned something uh, earlier about, you know, just knowing what happens on a tour. What are some mistakes that, you know, you've seen in other businesses, people that own a venue that people make when it comes to exposing exposure with their business? Um, well, I think a lot of it is, and again, this is my, my business model is I think that being involved as an owner, I mean, anytime you go somewhere and say you have an issue or anything, it's immediately, can I speak to the owner or the manager or whatever, you know, there's something about trust and just that level of, you know, leadership that people want to speak to. And so I think that having a presence in someone's event, they automatically feel better. Okay. Um, Cause I know there's several venues that we deliver rentals to that it's like a group of investors and there's a you know, maybe a venue coordinator or something like that, or they require a coordinator and a certain caterer and there is not a representative from the venue. And so, you know, I, for me, I feel like that's a mistake because then the venue doesn't have a voice. So it's easy to point blame and point fingers and, you know, just different things like that. I mean, and ultimately what if something goes wrong, like with venues, you know, you've got 300 people using restrooms. I've seen right. that as a disaster. Like we went to pick up from a venue one time and they're like, Hey, can you go all the way around? We've had uh, some sewage issues down here. Oh, and I'm God. like, are you kidding me? And there isn't anyone from the venue there. I mean, just crazy, crazy stories. I swear we need a reality show in this industry, but, um, <laughs> we do. you know, for me, I think it's just, um, I think it's just not having that trust and putting in all of the hard work that is within this industry. I know that's how I ended up with the Providence Cot Millis. People don't realize how hard we work in this industry. I mean, yes. and it's, but it's so rewarding, but I mean, it's, it's your weekends, it's your family time. Um, you know, and Troy is great with telling you how to juggle that, but ultimately <laughs> it still comes down to, yeah, I'll try and juggle this, but I just rescheduled 70 COVID weddings. So Ooh. we'll work on that like next go round, you know, so <laughs> yeah, ultimately, yeah. Ultimately, you kind of decide what baby is your baby in this year. You know, I mean, there's just yeah. a lot. And so um, for me, I think that where I see things go wrong is just whenever people like don't give everything they're all, they aren't as involved um, and yet kind of build that trust with their clients, like I said. so Awesome. Awesome. Well, Troy, do you have anything you want to kind of add to that or? No, I, I, I kind of switch, switch gears again. Well, well actually, let me, yeah, pause. I would say back to what you're saying on, on social media and, and commenting like that is such a, a, a nugget of information right there that many times people don't do that, that it's just post, 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 but not actually engage. And, uh, and it's supposed absolutely. to be a conversation. Yep. Yeah. And it's hard. And then some people, you know, you never know how people process things. You know, they may think something or look, read into a situation if you don't respond. So for us, we just want everyone to know if you follow us, we follow you. Like you are valued, you're important. We actually, you know, we do care about our followers and all of that. So I just, yeah, for us, I think it's super important. I know we had, um, 
we have interns throughout the year. And so social media is great for them to kind of get their foot in the door, see pictures, see events and all. And we had one time they didn't tag a photographer and I was like, Oh my God, like, I feel like an inch tall. You've got to go tag this photographer. Cause like it came up on my feed and I'm like, Oh my God, like you don't understand how critical that is from a venue perspective, you know? So mm. it's definitely something that I weigh, um, weigh on a lot just because I think it is, it is important. And from a venue perspective, it's literally, I'm so thankful for our photographers and DJs and just all, every vendor that literally you figure is blasting you and tagging your location all for free. Yeah. It's free marketing um just because they like you a little bit yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that's funny i'll i'll shift gears here for my my last question so i feel like over the past you know year and a half or whatever it's been with the pandemic people's urgency has changed of course being you know completely backed up to to nothing and a standstill and then everyone trying to book uh and so i feel like a speed decision making is kind of all over the place and so how do you in your businesses create that urgency in the demand for your services? How do you create that urgency across your businesses with your venue and the rental service and, and your planning business? So um, I would say, well, if you, you know, have orchestrated and thought out how you create the demand for the venue, the urgency kind of falls hand in hand with that because there's the demand and people know, hey, I've got to, I've got to hop on this, look at this calendar, everything's booked, uh-huh. you know? Um, but to really create that urgency, I would say the best thing I have found is just to provide clarity and be very clear on what services someone's getting, as well as like the quality and the team and, or the pro and, or the product, you know, whatever it is that you're offering, um, for me, and it's just being transparent to where it's kind of like, you're getting all of this. How could you not want to book right now? <laughs> you know? Um, and I also think it's important like to reduce anxiety in clients, which of course is very common. Anytime you have a bride in front of you or a mother of a bride, who's like, this costs how much? And what about that? You know, I mean, there's just a <laughs> lot of anxiety whenever people first start planning. And I think, yeah. um, the best way to reduce that and to overcome that is to, uh, just build trust with those clients. And anytime someone trusts you and they leave just with this really good feeling of like, this is my person, um, it, you know, they just, it's a match and they want to secure your services and, and kind of go from there. So which really creates an urgency for the venue. Um, cause I've never been one to say, Hey, you know, we're booking this date and this date and this date, you know, I always will end and say, Hey, I do have other tours today, but take your time. Like, I want you to know that this is right for you. And I do wholeheartedly mean that for anyone, just because a wedding day is such an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not one to say really anything other than just simply the truth. And this is who we are. This is what we offer and who I am. And um, hopefully you like it, <laughs> you know, so really just being who I am and uh, showing all that we have to offer due to listening to what people want to create the demand for the space um, or products. Awesome. So at, at this point of the show, me and Troy typically share uh, one takeaway that we got from all the nuggets that you shared on this interview. And um, I, I'm going to let Troy go first unless he wants to, cause I have a tendency to share more than one. Um, so Troy, you, you let me know, should I, <laughs> cause I already, all right, let me, let me, let me calm myself down. So Troy, do you want to share and that'll help me to, you know, stay firm or how you, how you want to yeah, do sure. Yeah, sure. I'll go, I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> so you don't, you don't mind, right? So you don't steal huh? mine. No, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to, well, I might, I'm like, it depends. I might, I'm still in a flip. I better get my takeaway in there first. Uh, okay. <laughs> 
I, I would say my uh, my takeaway was I feel like everything you talked about summer was client focused that it, it's not about it, you, that, that it's not about what what we want. I mean, it is obviously very important about what we want together and you're creating your demand and your your clientele and creating urgency and sales and marketing plans. All of that is focused. And I think sometimes uh, people can forget that, that can fall into the, what I want and me, 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 but that it's got to be, they're the clients. They're the ones purchasing our services. And so we've got to, we've got to uh, build things around them. So that's my biggest takeaway is always keep things client focused. That'd be, that'd be my takeaway. Thank you. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> so, so my takeaway, and I think I'm going to cheat, uh, but my, my one and a half takeaway, <laughs> the first one is, and this was, this was actually profound and it, and it can kind of sound like, yeah, but actually it's very profound. She said that sometimes what we assume is common knowledge, people don't know. And yeah, like she said it, of course, um, you can give me a call. Like, cause we're thinking like, even in the back of our heads, yeah, I mean, they, you should know that. Like, yeah, you can call me, but they don't, but they don't. So with that being said, how much value can you provide by educating educating them during, during the process? So what would a tour look like um, if you were to put some of those pieces in there that you assumed was common knowledge like that just opened up a big door for me i'm like wow can like i have that and i and i and i'll be transparent with the both of you i when people ask me do you travel i i'm should i say no i don't travel i rather just stay on you know i just service venues on you know providence road all the way down to downtown and i don't go anywhere and i know that was sarcastic but like i guess are there people out there that actually say no i do not travel or am i just assuming that you know my answer is going to be yes or you just i don't know but that's one of those things that i can have grace for now i don't say that in my head i think like yeah of course i travel but that's that's not that's not common. I mean, maybe common knowledge to me, but not common knowledge to everyone. They might not know that. They may not know that every wedding vendor travels. Maybe some wedding vendors don't. So, um, just understanding that what's common knowledge to us may not be common knowledge to everybody. Um, so I'm gonna stick with my one, even though I had one more. But uh, <laughs> that gonna, was a good one. I'm gonna back out of that. I think that yeah. was a good one. And I know that's helped me tremendously as I've grown during even tours or, or anything is just repeat questions that you get like yes. that, that you realize we take for granted. And then if you just volunteer that, you can see that sometimes just shoulders kind of go down a little bit and they're relaxed. Yeah. Like, Oh, thank God. You know, you start yeah. to realize what's very comforting to people, mm -hmm. but yet you, it's just, you know, it's just natural for you to provide. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, it's great. It's a learning process. Um, I think we're always learning as professionals, as a society and as humans. So. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to say um, to you, Summer, is that what I've noticed with what you've talked about, Troy said it, as far as you being very client focused, it seems that you're very aware of how much the parents are part of the sales process and how you, there's a certain level of reassurance or information that you even have to target towards them so they're comfortable is that true very very true and especially on 
the venue side, um, that was something I wasn't that familiar with, especially from rentals and things like that. Cause sometimes that's stuff that the bride and groom may be adding or just, you know, just a lounge area or something like that, where they're like, Oh, we're just going to pay for this. Mom and dad are already kind of going crazy over here, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, but from a venue side, I mean, for tours, you may have eight, 10, 12 people. Sometimes you've got both sets of parents. And then if wow. you have a really involved aunt or uncle, <laughs> wow. daughter, you know, and so that was kind of um, a shock to me the first year with venues. I'm like, Oh my gosh, why don't you just bring everyone now and let's elope? Like almost the whole yeah. family is here. <laughs> There's <laughs> wow. no element of surprise anymore. So for me, it was um it's just I guess because it's the first decision, you know, it's they don't know their date, they don't know anything until that venue is determined. That's and correct. so um, yes, parents are extremely involved. And there's a lot of times where I've never been called so much by a parent wanting me to speak to a daughter or bride or groom or whatnot and say, Hey, what about this? Would this work? You know, you, you almost kind of become like a little therapist in a way. And I'm okay with that, but, <laughs> but yes, um, at the venue side, parents are extremely, um, involved. So gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I, I appreciate that. That was a burning question, but mm-hmm. cool. Well, summer, we appreciate you being on the podcast. I'm sure Troy is Troy, any last words before we wrap this thing up with a bow? What are your thoughts? No, favorite season, favorite person, summer. Ah, uh-huh, there it is awesome. with the stamp cool. of approval. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pros on Fire podcast with Troy and Rossis. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and visit prosonfire.com for more information.